Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. Hello. Hello. Oh, that was great. Let's do that again. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas. Thanks. The kids are in. Hello, everybody. My name is Rowena. What's my name? Thank you. Just checking you're still awake. I look after evangelism and discipleship here at St. Saviour's, so welcome to our carols by candlelight, which is why I can't see you always, I'm blind. Maybe that's best. Some of you might be a bit ropey. <laughs> she starts well, how to win friends and influence people immediately. Today, I'm going to be speaking about the real reason for the season, because you see, Christmas isn't actually about getting yourself into debt, eating your own body weight in food as though the world is about to end. Has anyone been to Tesco's today? It's like doing a Tough Mudder, just to warn you. And I actually think tomorrow's going to be worse. So who hands up who's picking up their turkey tomorrow? Oh, look, it's only me and you, Tina. Everybody else has done it. So we'll only be me and you there. We'll be sorted. And on TV, it's not even about watching telly, even though that's quite cool. Because all the adverts on telly are pressurizing you that the perfect Christmas exists. And you need to buy all the presents. And if you don't, you don't really love your family. And then by January, you're in debt. That isn't what Christmas is about. You see, we've been given the greatest gift you're ever going to give in Christmas itself. And it's Jesus. Christmas is about the birth of baby Jesus, who is God's son, who came to save us. In the Bible, in John 3, verse 16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And you may have heard that before, or maybe not. But do you actually realize that he means you? He means you and he means me. If you were the only person in the world, God would still have sent his one and only son to earth to save you. Because we actually all know the, Christ the Christmas story, don't we? You either know it because you heard it at school, maybe when you were third tree from the left, or maybe a sheep or a shepherd or a, some other random animal the teacher wedged in just because there were too many kids in the class. No, just me then. I was the only one dressed as a donkey. Maybe you watched the film Nativity. I watch it every year, cry every year. Maybe you don't even know how you know the story. You just know you do. So most of us know the account, baby, manger, stable, star, wise men. But do you know why? And again, we are the why. We are. And I didn't know that, you see, because my husband and I weren't brought up in Christian homes. Not anti-homes, but just it wasn't on their radar. And one day, whilst trying to have a baby, our rug was pulled from under us. And I ended up in a coma with our baby still inside me. Ron was told that I wouldn't survive. And strangers prayed for us. And Ron prayed for me. He got down on his knees at that moment and said, if there is a God, if you're there, I'll do anything if you'll save her. 
You need to be really careful what you pray for, guys, because he will remember. And at that moment when people prayed for us, I woke up. And um, the doctors told us it was a miracle. But we didn't even know what a miracle was. If you've never been in church, why would you know what a miracle is? And I was completely traumatized. I had a complete breakdown. I was literally brought to my knees. Our baby was saved. She's mortified and dying of embarrassment at the back of the church. She's beautiful and feisty and healthy. Um, And everything in that moment that we thought was important and we'd been working hard for had just become completely meaningless. The cars, the clothes, the houses, the holidays, pointless in one traumatic moment. And leading up to this event, we'd actually been seeking without even realizing and wondering what the true meaning of life really is. Surely it can't be to just get up, earn some money, eat, drink, eat a bit more, maybe go out, have a laugh, and then go to bed and get up and do the same thing the next day. That can't just be it, can it? We bought self-help books. Anyone else bought those? The clue as to why they don't work is in the title. They're self-help. If you knew how to help help yourself, you wouldn't need to buy a book, would you? So funnily enough, that didn't work. So what do you do? What do you do when your life has been turned upside down? The answer isn't in a book, because all the Christian books are in the Christian bookshops. And if you're not a Christian, you won't go in a Christian bookshop. So we actually need the Christian books to be in Waterstones or whatever, or online, Amazon, that'll do. There was no Amazon then, I'm that old. But when you suddenly realize and you want to know what the real meaning of life is, the real reason for this season. And I wonder if anyone else here tonight has ever felt like I just described. Maybe there are some of you wondering about that at the moment. And if that's you and you're wondering what is the purpose of life, then come and talk to us at the back afterwards. Ron and I decided that all the money and success in the world didn't actually help us fill that hole we had in us. It didn't save me from a coma. Doesn't matter how much money you've got, that doesn't help. It was so traumatic and we were so lost. And we didn't leap out of bed and go, right, let's go off to church. Because quite frankly, that's weird. So we didn't do that. But we did realize that we'd been given a second chance. We realized that we needed to make some serious changes in our life. And what you need to know is that way before you know God, he knows you. And he's actually in your life working in it before you realize. And he led us to Devon to heal. Does anybody else here watch Escape to the Country? Yes. Yes, that's me. I am an 80-year-old woman trapped in this body. I'm not going to... I've kind of, I'm an oversharer, man. I'm going to tell you how old I am, as many other things as well. And we moved down there, and we met Christian people for the first time. And they looked different to everyone else. And I don't mean they have beards and sandals and stuff. You know, the women shaved very well there. It was fine. But they looked different. They had a light inside them that the rest of the world doesn't have. And we were like drawn to it, just literally drawn to it. And we finally stepped into a church for the first time. 
Maybe that's some of you. You've been dragged here. You don't actually know why you're here. You're like, I'm just how long till this woman shuts up and I can go home and have a pint. Don't put your hand up if that's you. I don't want to know. And a little clue, I can tell by your face if that's you. Bad news, I haven't finished yet. But maybe that's you. You know, maybe you're here today and you don't know why. Maybe you just go once a year at Christmas. You don't know why. You just think, this is what we do at Christmas. Or maybe you come to church, but you've still never really got it. Well, we went in to our, this church. We just walked in, and our Christian friends practically pole vaulted over the pews to get to us before that member of the church did. I've always said, if you don't know who that is, it means it's probably you. That person, when they're coming to an hour stop, I'll go way, way off piste. But they, they came to welcome us because they were surprised we were there. And we just cried. I just sat there and I just cried the whole service. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't tell you a word of what anyone said. I just stood up and sat down when everybody else did. But I cried and cried. Yes, thanks. I cried and cried. But somewhere deep down in my soul, something stirred. And don't get me wrong, we didn't start leaping about, singing kumbaya, skipping in, worshipping and shouting, Jesus is great. It didn't happen like that. We still felt like we didn't fit in. We still felt like we were too naughty to be Christians, which, to be fair, was true. And on Sundays, still is true. I could tell you about a boob flashing incident that happened since I've been here, yet by mistake... It's not like I just went, hey, we're here at St. Saviour's, hey, welcome. No, there's a faulty blind in our house. No, and if you're in the bath and you get out, you're naked and you get your towel off the radiator because it makes it warm. And the blind went like that. And so the life group queuing up to get in just <laughs> saw more of me than they wanted to. It's not a good look for a vicar's wife, I'll tell you that much right now. But you see, there is a hole in us that can only be filled by God's love. We try to fill it with all different kinds of things, you know, like alcohol, drugs, food, success, exercise. That's clearly not me, but other people I've heard do exercise. You know, money, especially at Christmas. We're stuffing all those things in, aren't we? But it never works. And the reason for that is because we were designed to be in relationship with our loving Father. Every part of our DNA was designed to be in relationship with God because he loves us. Because he loves us. A love that's greater than any human can ever give. The closest thing to God's fierce love for us in the world might be that of a mum and her baby. And it doesn't even touch the sides of what God feels for you. All of us here today, God loves us, every single one of us. No matter who you are, what your background is, what you've done, what you haven't done, what mistakes you've made, who you've hurt, who's hurt you, God's love is for you. And he loves you so much that he sent his only son named Jesus to die for you so that we may live forever. So if you're not in relationship with God, then I'm here to tell you that that is the hole. That is the ache 
that you cannot explain or attribute to anything else in your life. You know, when people say, do you know, I've got a good partner, a good job, lovely kids, family, a nice home, but I just don't feel happy. Has anyone ever said that? There's something missing. That's the hole I'm talking about. And I wonder if that's you today. That might be you tonight. You're sitting there thinking, there's no way I'm putting my hand up for that. But it's me. I'm in pain and I don't know why. And if it is you, then be brave and let us pray for you before you go. Because if you don't believe in prayer, then you've got nothing to lose by letting us pray for you. Because at the end of it, your life is going to be transformed. If not, do feel free to come back and say to me, Oi, love, that prayer didn't work. And I'll pray for you again. Got you back in the building though, didn't it? I'll do it. Literally, there is nothing I will not do to get you in the building. Well, there's maybe one thing. We won't go there. Don't leave with the same ache that you came with today. There's another book or a chapter in the Bible called In 1 Timothy, and in verse 15 to 16, and it's about a bloke called Paul. And it says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God has mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and have eternal life. How beautiful is that? Now, what you need to know about Paul is he was a total nutter before he found God's love. I mean, not just like a little bit crazy, like murdering Christians, complete, you know, woohoo, stay away from him kind of bloke. And he's going around going, I hate Christians. And God's up there going, that's what you think, mate. And he brought Paul, or Saul as he was called then, literally to his knees, just like me. And I've just realized that when I lent Rachel my talk, she has put my, but yeah, you sign this, sign this. Rachel has messed my pages. She's signing that. Yes, they're laughing. She's messed my pages. It's okay, we're back. He literally brought him to his knees and he led him to a man who told him the truth of the wonderful message of the redemption of God's love for him. And in that moment, Paul changed completely, completely transformed and dedicated the rest of his life to helping others learn of God's love. And he wrote this, Jesus came to save all the people who make mistakes. That's what sin is. It's a mistake. And that's all of us, by the way. And I, Paul, am the worst. But that is why God did it, to show the world that he loves everyone, no matter how bad they believe they are, or indeed, in Paul's case, actually were. So you see, he's saying God's love can't be earned. It's not about being good or helping people. It isn't just for really super holy people, because if it was, this church would pretty much, well, I definitely wouldn't be here, but this church would probably be empty, because in terms of Ofsted, I am in requires improvement. If God did the Ofsted, that's where I'd be. It's a teacher joke, bear with. Any teachers here? Are you still alive? You two. Did you laugh? No? Okay, thanks. He's saying... Yes, I mean you. Even if you think you're the worst person in the world, God is saying, my love is for you. 
Maybe you haven't ever been loved well or even at all by anyone. And you're thinking, why would God choose me? Nobody loves me, so why would he love me? Well, that was me. That was me too. I've done some pretty horrible things that I'm not proud of. And indeed, God is still working in me. He's still working off the shame of some of those things, and he's still working in me. I need a lot of work. He's still doing that. But you see, his truth of his love will set you and me free. There's nothing else that's going to set you free in life. Jesus is it. Because you see, when you were knitted together in your mother's womb, God decided the world needed one of you. He didn't actually have to create you. He chose to. Just think about that for a second. God didn't need to create you. He chose to for a reason, for an absolute reason. And Ron and I chose to give our life to Jesus. And at that point, our old life, our old mistakes and the pain were washed away. They were washed away and we were born again. All our sins and mistakes were forgiven and we started again. Now, that didn't mean our life suddenly became perfect. Oh, no, that's not how it works. In fact, it got worse. Because when you give your life to God, he actually starts doing something with it. I don't, think, I don't really understand what I thought was going to happen. But he started to go, right, welcome to the family. You can have five minutes of joy and now we crack on. And that's kind of how it works. But just as when a baby is born... They need to learn everything from talking and walking to feeding themselves. It's the same for us when we become a Christian. It's not the end of a journey. It's the beginning of a new one. And when Jesus was born, it was the beginning of new life, not just for them all those years ago, but for us here today. And it's not too late. If you've been wondering about life and if there's more to it, and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, then you can here today. It is a simple prayer. And we will give you the chance if you want to. Be bold. You'll never, ever regret it. Just put your hand up or come over. I will be at the back afterwards and find anyone here and we will pray with you. It's as simple as and beautiful as that. This life here that we have is temporary. It's absolutely temporary. We are just passing through When we give our life to Jesus, our life becomes forever with him. I'm alive because faithful people prayed for me. And our loving father saved me, even though I didn't deserve it. I'm living proof of God's enormous love for all of us. He came and got me and Ron, and he showed us his love for us. When we didn't deserve it. And we weren't, we'd, yeah, you just, you can't earn it. We didn't deserve it. He came and got me and Ron. He came and showed us who we really were and what potential he had placed in us. So if you hear nothing else I say, please hear today that God loves you. And I'm talking about every single person in this building. There's not one of you that has done something that discounts you from his love. I went and preached in the women's prison, and it was literally the, the most wonderful privilege I have ever had and been asked to do by God. Because those women are not what they did. 
They are not what's been done to them. They are beautiful daughters of a king. And that is the truth. It's the truth for them and it's the truth for you. God loves you. And you may have been attending church all your life and not realize that. Or maybe today is your first day. It doesn't matter. God's love is for you. And this Christmas, he's beckoning you towards him. But as any loving father would, he's leaving it up to you. God doesn't force himself on people. He invites you. It's your choice whether you say yes or not. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.